Hello and welcome to the first Fitness Unfiltered of 2020. I am this week's host and I have two of my favourite people, Dan and Mike, with me. Mike, how are you? I am fine. Dan, how are you? I'm fine. Good. I'm also fine. And this week, our episode topic is the three biggest dieting fads of 2019. Good topic, isn't it? Dan, did you come it's up with that? Topic. Did I come up with it? You I didn't know that was what the topic was. What did you think it was? I just thought we were talking about diet fads. I didn't know that we had ranked them as the biggest diet fads. That's oh, exciting. Too, I, I think there's too many to rank. It's like the fad awards. There are three categories that we've gone for. Okay. Because number one is like dieting products. Wait, do we? Do I say them all now? No. Shall we just start with number one? Let's just go with diet. But yeah, dieting products are favourite ones or least favourite however you want to term it. Okay, Dan, why don't you start with your least favourite or favourite? Least favourite? Well, th- I'm going to categorise the two together because booty, because booty has been around a little while. Not the booty is in booty pump workouts, but booty is in the booty, which is, I believe, like just Chinese tea, some yerba mate with some caffeine. So basically, oh, I think there's like dandelion root in it as well. So basically diuretics and caffeine. Um for like £25 for two weeks, I believe. So very expensive tea bags, but have these huge claims of dramatic weight loss. Um, What's likely, in it that makes you poo yourself? I don't think that's the one that poos yourself. I, I, I actually saw that one today. The one that makes you poo yourself is Chloe Kardashian's one, which is the, the non, I think it's the flat tummy tea, which, yeah, booty and flat tummy tea. But the flat tummy tea is the non-FDA approved one which has got stuff that makes you crap yourself in it. So booty actually doesn't even do anything. They're very expensive tea bags. Mm. Hmm. Is that not exciting enough? It doesn't make you shit your pants. I thought it was the one that makes you shit yourself. <laughs> Why are we saying swear words on Fitness It's 2020 today? now, Mike. Oh, this sorry. is what we do. <laughs> We're going to have to press that explicit button again. New year, new FU. Fairsies. Could be worse. Well, yeah, that is true. Mike, what's yours? Are you asking me what my favourite diet products are? No, like, what's the one that you feel most passionately about, either loving or hating? I just feel like I... I feel like I, I kind of... They all just blur into one when it comes to, to this topic. But I, I think that the issue that I have with them is I do feel like I'm, to, to an extent, just just repeating myself like a broken record I feel like I have talked about these again and again and again um to the point where I'm almost starting to bore myself but despite that you know we saw yesterday um Chloe G Shaw which I presume is a person from Geordie Shaw posted about um I think it was one of them I can't even remember which one it was now and it received 28,000 likes on her picture um, which is just, it's unfathomable that 28,000 people would like that that is happening. So, you know, there's still a lot of work to do with this kind of stuff. I would like to give a shout out to some actual products that I think do help people um, drop body fat. And by that, I don't mean diet products because they don't contain any magic ingredients or make you um, wet yourself or poo yourself. Wet yourself? <laughs> 
Well, diuretics make you pee more, don't they? Yeah, but they're not. They don't make you. Have <laughs> <laughs> grown up Yes, but so can they if they have. Oh gosh. Anyway, let's not go into that, please. Let's not turn this into the continents podcast. But anyway, I like lots of low calorie foods and low calorie foods help you um, to lose weight because it means that you have an easier energy balance. Um, So I would like to give a special shout out. If we're going to say our favorite diet products, I'll probably say low calorie ice cream. Mm. Mm. You've taken a different tangent on that. I wasn't expecting this. Well, when Emma said discuss your favorite and least favorite products, I... Pooed myself and <laughs> My thought I better, I better green think vegetables. of something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because uh, what I'm really into we, microwavable we carrots. Microwavable? All carrots are microwavable. That you can microwave if you choose to. Yeah. But no pressure. I was just going to say that on a, on a serious note, probably the biggest disappointment is that since this September Instagram policy has come in to prevent users being influenced by these products, um, they're still somehow making their way. So the forefront of people's minds, um, and as mm-hmm. you said, Mike, like if twenty eight thousand people are still seeing those rubbish products, it's quite quite scary, and it's a very few that are using their voice. And we can mention her; she's not going to know anything about it. But Jamila Jamil is is definitely someone we've mentioned her before, using her position of power and influence and reach to um to to hit home with the message a little bit more. Cause... Mike share a really interesting article in the in the group chat about that that was too long to read. Yeah. I'm always doing that in the hope that you guys will read it so that I won't have to. Do what oh, I opened your it. And the vaccine one was very long, That one was exceptionally. Well, sorry. Um, but I think, yeah, Jamila Jamil's, um, her, her use of her platform is really interesting. But it's also really interesting to see a lot of people getting very frustrated by her and her getting her own backlash because of it as well, both mm. from the communities that she's trying to support and the people that she's speaking out against. Um, it's very interesting to see what happens when you know when people are um, are you know are are trying to be polarizing, but then often they end up polarizing the very people that they're trying to agree with. Yeah, you can't help but think of these people as the villains they end up being, though, because it's not that it is justifiable, but almost you can kind of understand the thought process. You know, Geordie Shaw limited time in the spotlight they want to capitalize on that that's not going to be around forever when you're the likes of the kardashians that i mean it was kim kardashian the the appetite suppressing lollipops last year it's now her sister with this flat tummy booty or whatever it is they don't need the money yet they're thoroughly abusing their positions of power to capitalize Mm. and take advantage of vulnerable people i think that's the really scary thing yeah, I think we just need to stop taking diet advice from celebrities, which brings us on to point two, which is celebrity diets and what are people's favourite or most memorable celebrity diets of, of the last year. Is it strictly diet or can we go into general health fads as well? Yeah. We can go into health fads because I want to talk about goop. No holds barred. Oh, I was going to say, because you can't not mention, is it the Yoni or Jade Eggs? Yeah, we'll come the back Jade Eggs. Yeah. I looked them up today. Let's come back to that one. That one's funny. My favourite um, has been the has been Beyonce basically saying that she was eating an apple because she wasn't allowed to have carbs or something like that. Oh, yeah. Her, her, she was on the gluten wheat 
no sugar, sugar. Yeah, lactose, no bread, no carbs, no sugar. Yeah. No dairy, mm. no meat, no fish, and no alcohol. It's basically the starvation really, diet. I think it's, it's it's really interesting because I think when you're a celebrity, and I, I think this has never been more true than it is now, but actually I suppose historically it was also true, but we just didn't see as much of it because we didn't see it happen on social media. If you're a really, really famous, really popular celebrity and you say that you're doing something, people will simply copy you. They will just do it because you're doing it. And I think it must be an incredible amount of pressure because... A lot of people, like if if you're a celebrity, you probably enlist the help of people who, you know, prey on those sorts of people to give them to give them advice. And they probably get advised slightly dodgily, but they think they're speaking to an expert and then they'll be like, oh, I'm doing this. And then will not realise the problematic nature of that. I think what frustrates me is when the problematic nature is highlighted to them. And yet they're like, yeah, I don't care. I'm still doing it. I think that's what, what I get really frustrated by. And that's why I've always, you know, and I don't mean to go back to the previous topic, but I've always been quite defensive of the um, reality TV stars who promote diet products. Because I think, well, if I was somebody of limited scientific education and somebody who seemed to be really intelligent came to me and said, this product is really amazing and it works and this is all the scientific studies behind it. Look at this list of scientific studies that have proven that it works really well, etc. Um, we'll give you £10,000 to do a, a post on it. I think maybe a lot of people would be like, yeah, okay, I'll do that. But then when people are contacting them or when they're being exposed by newspapers for actually lying and then instead of saying, oh yeah, that was my bad, uh, sorry, they just carry on doing it. That's when I think that, you know, they need to be stopped. Yeah, I don't even think we should mention the person's name because pro- probably everyone's got a good idea. But um, a certain uh, arsenic, no, not arsenic, cyanide product. I mentioned arsenic because I, I think it's interesting that people are obsessed with health and natural <coughs> products. Yet arsenic is a natural product in theory. Yeah. But you I saw, recommend people have that. I saw a great meme with um, a picture of like, six um tornadoes in a row um and a quote from gwyneth paltrow saying i don't think that anything natural can be dangerous <laughs> yeah apart, apart from those yeah exactly yeah i think you make a good point though mike like some of these celebrities as well maybe have got brilliant results like people have got brilliant results from herbalife no matter how much crap it gets like people have got mm. great results from it not because it's Herbalife, but because they've reduced the calories in their diet and mm-hmm. thus they're getting results. And some people see that and, you know, they're blindsided by by the results they've got and how it's changed their life. And they don't really, you know, they don't want to see the evidence for something else because they don't need to see it because it's worked for them. They don't really care why it's worked. And so they will, yeah. you know, sell a product like that. So I, I, you can see how it happens. And I mean, it even happens within the fitness industry. And some of these people are really clever about the way they do stuff. Like there is evidence for some things, but not really, or not in the right context or not in the way that they're being sold. Yeah. For example, ketones. You know, yeah. it's quite easy to get caught up in that. And it's quite easy to get caught in selling something like that or sort of talked into doing something like yeah that. They, they clutch onto the, the smallest bits of data just basically to support it if it's something fda approved if it's and surprisingly like kim kardashian's lollipops were fda approved apparently because they contained i'm going to mispronounce it satriol which is basically a saffron extract which i think was one of two maybe studies that showed that it was a slight appetite um, suppressant 
increased feelings of society. So they clung on to that, made these ridiculous, I don't even know how much they cost, lollipops. Um, and with her ridiculous following and her reach, again, just, just capitalising on something, taking advantage of vulnerable people that aspire to be like them. When, uh, And, it, you know, on the case of the Kardashians, even Chloe now with her flat tummy tea, she's faced massive backlash from her own fans after promoting this one. So people are wising up to it, I think. I think that's the positive. People are getting wise to it. I do think that we have just washed over Jade eggs. And I feel like... No, we're going to come back to that. Dan, you should explain what those are. are you, you feel I'm in a better position to, to explain them? Okay. Um, jade stones carved into an egg shape um, to be used inside the vagina. Um, and that, was, that was, came about from Gwyneth Paltrow, uh, who claimed things like it helps balance your hormones, it helps with bladder control. And this was part of her company, Goop. That's right, isn't it? They got sued for £125,000 for making false claims. But oh, I think we can all agree. Really just, well. yeah, yeah, I think, I think we, we can, can just, just agree, agree that, that inserting anything, anything to your body comes with some risk. risk but do when you want to know some of the big... claims of the egg? Sorry? Apparently, it resensitizes you and increases orgasmic capacity. I didn't even know that was a thing. And then oddly, <laughs> right at the end of all these claims, it's like, and weightlifting increases weightlifting. <laughs> so I'm not sure how, but... Yeah. So I might get myself one, because I wouldn't mind some... That has to be the most bizarre one of 2019, I think. I also read, though, um, as part of an article that I think, I think Amelia Thompson shared it today, talking about goop and one of the other things that they got in trouble for was because they they were selling wearable stickers that apparently like again realigned your whatever's um and made you better at everything um, and they said that <laughs> the and they said it was here, because side, they were in, sidestepping the anatomical terms the stickers were infused with a special type of carbon that was used in spacesuits for astronauts by nasa who used them like to monitor the vitals and stuff of their of their astronauts, and then NASA were like, "That doesn't be a thing. We don't have, we don't have carbon. We don't suggest carbon, and we don't suggest jade eggs." But yeah, dear listener, inserting anything into your body comes with some risk. So, especially when it comes to health-seeking behaviours, they also look quite large. Just gonna put it out there. <laughs> I haven't actually seen, I have not seen a life-size one. Um, yeah. Well, I <laughs> just much. <laughs> I could just see Mike just squirming. <laughs> they looked to me like the size of an actual egg. Like a Gosh. chicken's egg. That wouldn't uh, be comfortable all day long. I, um, I don't feel Mike or I are in a position to comment either way because, you know. Shall we move on? Yeah, probably. What a good idea. Okay, then. So, um, the third part of this... Oh, can I just give another one? Because we can't, we can't shift past this one. <laughs> right, another. okay. It's better than the eggs, though, I promise. Um, the celery juice diet. Oh, that was a big oh yeah, one. Jennifer Aniston, Selma Blair. Um, weight loss aside, was apparently set, set, sets out to cure autoimmune diseases as well. Diseases as oh, well. Poor Selma Blair. Yeah, I know, I know. 
But that, but that's an exact example of people that. who are you know it doesn't matter how much money you've got it doesn't matter how well you've done people are really vulnerable when it comes to their health so that's you know that's health advice is such a sacred thing because people will part with money that they might not even have for the promise of good health it's such a um it's such a valuable commodity and that's why these adverts work because people are people are scared about their health to the point where they're willing to spend lots of money on it especially like someone like Selma Blair for anyone who isn't listening Selma Blair um a famous actress who was in like cruel intentions and stuff in the late 90s um and has multiple sclerosis and has been quite open about her diagnosis of multiple sclerosis and has done interviews while she's been having flares and relapses and things to try and spread awareness about it so um you know if people are telling people that celery juice is going to cure autoimmune diseases th- these are the people that are gonna that are gonna buy into it and it is you know it doesn't you don't have to be you don't have to be impressionable or naive or unintelligent or uneducated these you know i we see the most intelligent of people being taken in by these claims as well yeah, it's the the desperate and the vulnerable just just want to fix themselves, don't they? And I think yeah. that's something we've come across before. And, and I, the most extreme example I can think of that's local to me is that there is a certain someone um, advising people stop their chemotherapy and instead oh, just God. try the alkaline diet. Um, that's and, awful. And, and CBD oil, which is, uh, you know, I know we we joke about. And we ridicule the, the silly advice out there, but that's when silly advice turns dangerous, in my opinion. And also, the one thing that I that I feel very uncomfortable about, like the social media call out culture with it, is that I always want to make it very clear that you know, further to what I was saying before, is that when we joke about these fads and make fun of these fads and the people that are promoting them, it's very easy for people to think that that the ones who are taken in by the by the adverts are the ones that are being made fun of and that's not fair either like I think it's always really important to make it clear that you know if you if you buy Herbalife if you do any of those things that we often you know poke a little bit of fun at that's not that's not an attack on the people doing it it's an attack on the people selling it it's not an attack just saying just in case you know the authorities are listening no one is attacking but yeah you do make a brilliant point especially when we i think in the fitness industry especially sort of isolate people who have maybe done um slimming world or something like that and calling them stupid is not helpful at all and in fact they've probably taken a huge step to actually do something about their weight or actually make a change and then they're made to feel stupid it's exactly exactly yeah we're not setting out to make anyone feel stupid if anything we're just highlighting the misinformation out there so people can make the best educated decisions i think hopefully yeah cool agreed and actually someone um so if anyone doesn't know probably quite unlikely i've had a really bad back and at this stage, I will literally try anything. So, like, I've been trying CBD oil. Um, I've been trying acupuncture. Now, these things don't have a lot of evidence behind them, but a lot of people have said, like, anecdotally that... And I also tried an osteopath, that, like, these things have worked for them. And I guess the important part is I'm still actually taking the medication I'm meant to be taking. I haven't stopped. And you're fully informed. You're not You're not going into it going, oh, this is going to this is going to fix it all therefore i'll give you more money you're saying this might not work but this is the amount of money that i'm willing to spend on it for a chance that it may be successful 
Yeah, exactly. But you can see why like people try this stuff. For sure. And and someone actually messaged me saying, "Oh, you're trying acupuncture." I would have thought someone who's evidence based would have had like more sense to them, sort of thing. And I was like, well, don't think you, like, it's really easy when you're not in the position of this, I will try anything at this point to be like, well, you're meant to be quote unquote evidence based. Like there isn't any evidence for it. Why on earth would you do it? Do you know what? I don't care. Even if it's a placebo effect, if it works, then I'll take it. Absolutely. That's the thing is there's a difference between being skeptical and literally just rolling our eyes at everything and just assuming that nothing works. And I think that's that's another thing that we're very guilty of in, in social media. We sort of we all we all kind of get ourselves into our corners and then we're almost we almost become just opposite versions of the people that we're complaining about. Um, and rather than saying that everything works, we're saying that nothing works. And it's it's not ideal either. We need to still remain open minded and still, you know, still still be healthily sceptical, but accept that sometimes certain things that we don't necessarily think are necessary um, might still have some benefits for some people. Yeah, totally. Just to reiterate what you said, a healthy level of scepticism in everything, but at the same time be open-minded to try new stuff. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Sceptical but open-minded. Yeah. Love it. Right, so the last part of the podcast we wanted to speak about, in fact, I'm going to let Dan sort of lead this part because he just did a really good video on this. But a bit about the anti-diet movement and maybe how it's almost making people now feel bad for dieting and how the industry's in a way almost turned around. So like we were saying before, sort of two opposite views where actually there's a huge grey area in the middle as like with most things in fitness where the truth lies. So Dan, do you want to start on that one? Yeah, it's just the the grey area is like the unremarkable, unmarketable, unsexy part, isn't it? And no one likes to sit there. Um, But I just feel like with the anti-diet movement especially, it's almost become... A diet in of it in of itself because I don't think people should feel bad about health seeking behaviors and wanting to better themselves especially when it comes from a good place it comes from a place of self-improvement it comes from a self place of self in self-love and I think there's some really important and relevant discussion to have, have be had around diet culture in general and the anti-diet movement um, and it's probably an assumption of anti-diet activists that you know a lot of people that are pro-diet have disordered eating and it's encouraging eating disorders, which, again, in the extreme, and we're talking about extremists here, they have a point. But also on the flip side of that is there's a lot of pro-dieters assumption that diet culture and the anti-diet movement are just people that are shit at dieting. Sorry, I swore again. But this grey area in between, there's some really healthy and interesting debate to be had in that. But ultimately, it comes down to doing do you like you've got your message you've got your agenda and there's always going to be extremes in this but the problem that i have is those that push their opinions onto others so just to give an example of an anti anti-diet activist i saw i can't even remember the name of the television program it was on bbc a little while ago and this guy in question i think he'd lost 15 kilos he'd put his type 2 diabetes into remission and more shapes and sizes being equally represented in the media that's fantastic body positivity is on the rise that's fantastic as well and i think guys especially should be more part of this conversation but this lady in question who's very comfortable in her own skin possibly you would describe her in a slightly larger body and i'm all for that but this gent that had put his type 2 diabetes into remission 
she was almost shaming him and making him feel guilty for exercising that morning because they're all living under the same roof for whatever this experiment was being and she was she was claiming that he was trying to fit in with social norms and this guy he, he was trying to justify this by saying do you know what I've just it makes me feel good about myself my diet my type 2 diabetes under control and that's just to stress the point in okay diet culture's got a lot to answer for and people that are pro diet have got a lot to answer for but also those that are anti-diet can be equally as judgmental if not more yeah i would yeah. definitely say equally if not more judgmental and even the point of you know, it's sort of, it's okay as long as you're starting from a place of I want to better myself for myself because, you know, my body is worth working for and I want to feel as healthy as I can and be as healthy as I can. A lot of my clients do not start in that place. Doesn't mm -hmm. mean I turn them away. But yeah. a lot of them will start being like, you know what, I hate the way I look, so I want to change the way I look. And it's like as simple as that. And then as they work with me for a longer period of time, maybe their, their mindset around things change and they actually start enjoying exercise. But I mean, you'll be the same, Dan. A lot of people will come to you for basically a quick fix. They're like, I've yeah. been holiday in six weeks. And you need to I give them that to a certain degree for, for a little bit of buy-in, right? Yeah, you give it them because then, like exactly as you say, they buy in and you've got a chance to then show them how enjoyable exercise can be, how good they mm. feel when they eat better, and hopefully their mindset changes. But if you're initially like, no, you first need to change your mindset then come back to me, or you shouldn't be dieting at all, or we can't speak about diet or calories, or almost it gets to the stage where you're confusing people because you're telling them they can't use words like diet or fat mm. loss and that that's yeah. not allowed to be a goal. And actually, you know, it's the same thing when people are like, toning isn't a thing. Okay, who cares if it's a thing or not? It's a word people describe. You know what they're yeah. trying to say. They want to lose a bit of body fat, build a bit of muscle and feel better about themselves. If they want to call it toning, I don't have a problem yeah. with that. If someone wants to call it dieting, again it has to be words that people know and understand and and you're almost like alienating yourself from yeah and we'd like to create new terms as well because uh, it's become a little bit of a bugbear of mine like the weight stigma is an issue health every size again like some really important and relevant conversations to be had around that but even the fact that it has to be termed now as like deliberate weight loss i find that in itself a bit problematic because we're expected to term it this way, but it's, it's always, it seems like it's, it's quite aggressive, this attack on the dieting community, especially this time of year. This is a really easy time of year to instill some real change and to make headway towards your goals. But from those that are anti-diet, it seems they're speculating on, on someone's psyche, you know, they're making an assumption they've got disordered eating or an eating disorder. Like it's, it's something that you wake up with, you know, you track your food for one week, boom, you've got an eating disorder. When it's there's so many other variables at play, and I just again it's it's the it's the pendulum swing, isn't it? We've referred to the pendulum swing on many occasions. It's it's switched the other way, but again, it's just do you, but don't judge people for their their own decisions and how they choose to live their life. I think it's um, I think the the reason that it is problematic is because it involves human beings, and every human being takes something and makes it what they want it to be and infuses it with all their own psychological elements and their own issues that they've got etc so like this this person that you were talking about from the tv program we don't know what her genuine psychological motivation for those comments were we don't know if she isn't somebody who 
desperately wants to lose weight but has been unsuccessful in losing weight and therefore um, has developed a kind of a defensive sort of mechanism against people who are losing weight and dismisses them all as being slaves to social norms and diet culture and things like that. I think there is a genuine issue with diet culture um, and I think there are some people who are putting out good messages in trying to reduce that problematic nature but I think the nature of anything is that it will always be used by people to, to mean what they want it to and so in, mm. in the same way that you'll have now lots of personal trainers out there who are trying to promote whatever their pretend version of intuitive eating might be because they've seen it as a buzzword on the internet and they think they might be able to get more clients if they seem like they're more hashtag body positive etc um but i think that's the thing when it comes to when it comes to humans you do just you have to make your own decisions and you have to look at all of the different options and decide which avenue to go down it was funny actually because i i had made this comment on instagram today about how i think that sometimes we seek help in the wrong place like we listen to diet advice from people on social media um and someone responded and was like well you know actually a gp is a better place probably not who is a better even the very educated people are often giving out quite bad advice it is really genuinely difficult to find the right people to follow and to listen to and I, I suppose my point in response to that is that we're never going to get it right 100% of the time. Mm-hmm. We're always going to be slightly taken in by different opinions and different ideas and, and different people saying different things that might not be 100% evidence-based or that might be slightly manipulative because we are all humans and we all have psychology. But, you know, at least if we start to do a bit of due diligence and a bit of balanced thinking and and sort of try and pitch things a bit more to the middle then I think that at least that's a good start. Yeah, absolutely. And just, just like, you know, the, the flip on that, as in pro dieters, there is much disordered eating and glorified eating disorders in the fitness industry. You know, that I, I do think that's true, unfortunately. And those that many would deem the most elite and influential with the most reach, with the most desired body shapes, are probably a root cause of that. But then again, on the flip side, I think it's also important to acknowledge that sometimes body weight and those carrying a little bit more adiposity than is deemed healthy on a BMI scale, which quite a few dispellers are useless, irrelevant tool. And look, health is a hugely subjective term, but everyone has a rough understanding when it comes to the use of the BMI scale. I mean, there's a distinct difference between an elite athlete that is classed as morbidly obese and then someone that is carrying, you know, a little bit more adiposity and is a slightly larger body shape. But that being the flip, I don't think we can try and think of the best best phrase. We can't ignore that there are some health association, well, some associations when it comes to mortality and some risk associated with obesity. That's oh, impossible yeah, exactly. to ignore. Exactly. I think and that is the way that's being wrapped up. It's almost as though we should ignore that. Yeah, and I completely agree with you on that entirely. And I think that the difficulty is that... Um, that we might say that there's lots of disordered eating in the fitness industry but there's also lots of disordered eating outside of the fitness industry and a lot of eating full stop is disordered you know by its very nature of it being a social activity as well eating and drinking in this country the way that people eat food and drink alcohol there's probably lots of issues with it and everybody if they delve deep enough into what you know into into how they eat there probably are issues but 
they're so complex and so difficult to kind of explain but also to to manage and probably a lot of people go through their whole lives eating a certain way and and having you know if perhaps if they had intervention from you know from psychologists and things like that then we might we might be discovering more disordered eating but who's to know what is what is normal in a world of completely total spectrums i think that's what's so difficult is there such a spectrum of of ways of eating and amount of food that people eat and type of food that people eat and there's such a spectrum in terms of what is a healthy diet that it's just difficult it's just a minefield isn't it yeah i think my too long didn't read summary would just be if you want to diet do if you don't that's fine just try not to push your biases on other people and actually as i said before it's like january is a great time of year to gain a little traction towards some personal goals so let's just let's just be supportive of people's choices whatever that choice is you know we we didn't discuss it today but veganary like you know if that's about experiencing new foods just trying something new or it's, it's another fad diet you know arguably as a fad diet you're not going to get anywhere but i tell you what the reduced section in supermarkets there are like there's loads of meat pick yourself excellent against people um, can loads. i just ask did you pronounce it veganary yeah did i is that how you say it i think so sounds okay i always because nobody says it out loud i only ever see it on instagram i thought it was called veganuary yeah me too oh maybe yeah maybe i've mispronounced it also why why do we find pronunciation so funny i know (laughs) (laughs) because it's normally me that gets it wrong i think I find it so funny when people pronounce things differently, but not because I think they're wrong, just because I think words sound sound really funny differently. Sharp, sharp. What do you say, quinoa or quinoa? Quinoa. Quinoa. Oh, do you say quinoa? <laughs> yeah, same. Obviously. Um, what other ones are there? Oh, this is taking a tangent. Let's not go down this path. I'm not prepared for this. Or oh, maybe that's a good one for the listener question this week. Yeah. Yeah, your Tell mispronunciations. Your, your, your favourite mispronounced word. Okay, I like that one. I do I do like mispronounced names, though. Like, I used to work with a Siobhan, and a couple of people used to call her Sioban. <laughs> I know someone who used to call my friend Siobhan Sioban. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And what do you, because you know Neve, like the Irish spelling of Neve, I want to see somebody try and call a Neve, Nyum. Because <laughs> I just think that would sound great. Or the Scottish, I don't know if it's Scottish, but just the way that you spell Ailey. It's got like a D and an H in it. Oh, Kaylee. No, Ailey. Yeah. Ailey. Oh, like the name. Yeah, I've heard of people called Ailey, but I've heard of Kayleys more often than I've heard of people called Ailey. I've heard of no Ailey's. I'll tell you what, there's a challenge. If you're an Ailey that listens to the podcast, please do let us know. <laughs> okay, maybe we should finish. Yeah, let's maybe. A, should we give them a challenge? That a challenge. was the challenge. That was the oh, challenge. Okay. That the only one. Yeah, but what if there are no Ailey's out there? No, not Ailey's, just words that you mispronounce. Oh, okay. Cool. Okay, now we can finish. Please, Please like, subscribe, share, give us your dieting fads or whatever. Okay. And you'll mispronounce words. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.